I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know, the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hyperthetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hyperthetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hyperthetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hi, I'm Chanti. And I'm Lynx, and you're listening to Muses. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Muses. We're so happy to have you back for part two of our backstage stories. All access pass, BB. How you doing, Lynx? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm ready to get into this next round of stories with these incredible women. Yeah, it's been so much fun getting all these amazing women on and hearing their stories. And I can't wait for more of these episodes in the fall as well. All right. So first up, we have Julie Garish, one of our friends who we met at one of Miss Pamela's doll cons in Las Vegas. Julie is from Little Rock, Arkansas, and is a writer, music lover, and mental health writer and advocate. Julie tells us all about how she used to work with Mark Reznicek. Julie got her first professional writing job at that company and is now a professional writer, and she says she owes it all to the toadies. In 1992, I was a newly single mom, and I had uh, twin boys that were three years old, and I was working part-time as a secretary for a team of several writers at um, a financial company. And one of the writers on my team was Mark Resnicek, and he later became the drummer for the Toadies. And we were in the train department, and they wrote um, policy, procedure, training material, um, he was in the band already, but really nobody had heard of them outside of, of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So um, I started asking for extra work, and some of the writers would let me proofread and edit and do other minor tasks for them. 
and um, I looked up to them and I was pretty intimidated by them. They were a close-knit group, so I wasn't really friends with any of them. I was closer to our boss, Penny, and she was really strict. And I was the only one that liked her. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of <laughs> the liaison between um, Penny and the and the writers. Um, so Mark was quiet and he was obviously cool. And um, oh, and it cracked me up that when I put his name in a in Word, the spell check would come up with redneck instead of <laughs> Yeah, and he was so not a redneck. Um, He had dark hair back then, of course, and and glasses. Um, So anyway, I knew he was in a band, and everybody on our team was excited when they started getting airplay. And he actually gave me one of their first cassettes. It was just the EP. It had like four songs on it. But it started out, one, two, eat pork. And I was just like, kind of juvenile stuff is this you know and I ended up gave, giving it away you know oh, no. I, I yeah I really thought they wouldn't amount to anything more than a garage band yeah oops um but <laughs> they they signed a record contract in 93 and he gave us two weeks notice and we were all excited for him except for Penny yeah, and of course. She, she was like, I don't care what he's doing when he leaves, but during this next two weeks, he better be here on time and sober. And for the most part, he was. He <laughs> might have been a little late, might have been a little hungover, but he showed up and he kept working. And so there was another writer on my team and she was like, you need to be a writer. And I'm like, I can't write. She said, you can. And I said, well, I don't have a degree. And she said, my, my degree is in zoology. I'm like, okay, I could do this. There you go. So I um, interviewed for his job and I got it. And oh, nice. So that was my, yeah, that was my first professional writing gig. And I've been writing ever since uh, professionally. And I owe it all to the Toadies getting a record contract. That is so, so crazy. Is that, that is me? So um, so I wanted to see him. And because um, I wanted to tell him, you know, hey, you know, this is all this is all you. This is all, you know, everything that I've, I've done in the last, you know, 20 something years is because of the toadies and and how excited I was. So um, in late 2018, they came to Little Rock and um, my son uh, and I went to the concert together. And my son is a huge toadies fan. I mean, I know all of their I know all of their songs. But I mean, like he's a huge fan. So I took him with me and during the show, he said, mom, look, and the lead singer, I speak like, I don't know his name, but Jordan does, but the lead singer had um, a a tattoo and it looked just like my tattoo, which is Robert (laughs) Plant symbol. It's a feather um, with a circle around it. And, you know, Robert Plant is the lead singer of Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we know. Okay. So <laughs> I, um, my, sorry, my first boyfriend had uh, Jimmy Page's symbol on his back. Oh, he still does. I went with him. Well, yeah. It was like one of our first dates as I went and watched him get the Jimmy Page <laughs> tattoo on his back. I totally forgot about that. That's awesome. Yeah. This is my first and only tattoo because I just had to have it. So 
we were like, no, that can't be. And it was like, okay, it must be like a rocket ship or something like that. And we just, we just, but, but in the same, same place as mine, the exact same tattoo in the exact same place. So um, they were saying that um, after the show, we went up to security and they were saying that they weren't allowing anybody backstage and they were turning people away left and right. So I went up and I gave them my little sob story and they went back and they asked Mark and then they came back out and they said, okay, if you can wait until everybody's gone, then we'll bring you back. Yeah. So <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. You know, they, they partied pretty hard back then in the early nineties, you know, and I just really, had no idea what to expect but they were so nice they led us backstage and mark and i were talking about work and our boss and you know co-workers and what they're up to and on all that and my son was talking to the lead singer and then my son goes mom that is your tattoo and i looked at his tattoo and it was the same as mine and i was like oh my god well then all the guys in the toadies were freaking out <laughs> And Mark was shown, Mark has the John Bonham tattoo on his arm, of course. And so then one of the guitar players, he goes, hey, can we get our picture made with you? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> the toadies want their picture made with me? And then I'm thinking, am I a cool mom or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the coolest. And yeah, so we hung out, we got pictures made, and, and uh, Mark and I caught up, and it was funny seeing other people come up and get their CD signed, because we, we had stepped outside onto the main street in Little Rock to get better light, to, so they could take our pictures. It was just hilarious. So anyway, people were coming up, and they were signing um, their CDs and stuff. And anyway, um, that was it, but um, we reconnected that way and we're still in touch. And um, I'm just really excited that, you know, my career has its roots in rock and roll in that sense. Yeah, and it's so crazy that you had this like cosmic connection with the tattoos, not just with the drummer, but like other people in the band, like it, the way your story kind of intertwines with theirs, it's just so unique and interesting Isn't that bizarre yeah and and I wish I knew his name I think it's something like Baden Todd the the lead singer but he is um, a mental health advocate and I didn't know that and that's one of the you know that's something I do I volunteer and and write and help with mental health issues mental health support so that was just another thing that just kind of tied it all together that's wonderful. That's such a cool well, magic story. There are no coincidences in rock and roll. I, no, I just, that. I didn't even read that online. I think I just made that up. <laughs> I love it. The Shanti original, I think. Uh, That's awesome. And your son already loving the band and then you guys getting to go backstage and everything. Yeah, you definitely picked up some super cool mom points there. Yeah. So you showed him the band right like you must have put on a cd or something and or did oh, he just well, i can't did, yeah i can't imagine yeah no i'm sure i'm sure you know i mean they knew they knew growing up but but i mean they really i, I say they because i have twins but um you know jordan jordan like i mean he knows 
every song and he was like okay I bet they're gonna play this and that and you know he was really really into him so it wasn't just because oh mom knew the drummer yeah you know and it was a great concert you would never know that they've been playing as long as they have they were on fire Uh, every time I make a 90s playlist I put the toadies on there they are so great and like such a like 90s sound to me like they really epitomized that era for sure it's such a good name the toadies yeah Mm -hmm. it is yeah I was like okay there's toadies and toad the wet sprocket but because I kind of get them mixed up sometimes when I'm going through my playlist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They are similar. Oh, but... that's awesome. Thanks so much, Julie. Oh, it was fun. And thanks for letting me tell my story. Anytime. Julie has adult identical twin sons who are living with bipolar disorder. To contact Julie to start a conversation, send her an email at juliegarish at hotmail.com. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Next up, we have Reka Aaron Troy from right outside the Chicago area. What I love about her story is how it felt so similar to a writing workshop. This was the first time we met Reka, and like in a workshop, she read a beautiful piece. A beautiful, steamy piece that really brought us to the moment. The light from the TV illuminated the dark room. Boxing. In a matter of months, he'd take up the sport and still practices. He turned down the sheets. I placed my cherry ale wine on the nightstand. We both enjoyed a glass of gas station wine ever so often. The clarion across from the Milwaukee airport. It took five years of us barely being able to speak to one another, crossing paths which weren't meant to be entertained, and leaving early when middle-aged female fans got a little too drunk and handsy at shows to get to this night alone, the two of us. Mm. We lay back on the bed, propped up to watch the match. I sat on a blood-stained spot on the bitted sheet, and he sussed his fingertips. Earlier that night, 
He slipped his hand into mine, fingers entwined. After feeling his rough fingertips on my smooth hand, he removed his hand rather quickly and gazed at them sheepishly. Sorry, they get like this after tour. Oh? A week of rehearsing and the tour, it always happens. The tour had lasted three weeks and this night was the final night. After his most recent inspection, he rubbed my back as we watched TV. The boxing match wasn't going anywhere. I sipped on the wine as he traced my scoliosis spine with those fingertips. They felt coarse over my smooth H&M dress. Why didn't I lean into him? I wasn't about to spill the wine on my dress, even though I knew it was about to come off sooner rather than later. He stopped and held his hand up. And after a few seconds of silence, my smooth fingertips stroked his callous fingertips ever so gently, never stopping gazing at them. How long does it last? Should be gone in about a week. I'm gonna paint when I get back home and not play for a bit. The life of a guitar virtuoso, he knew exactly how long they would take to heal. After a minute or so of acclimating myself with those fingertips, I held his hand, fingers interlaced. I gently kissed his hand each finger as we continued watching the match. Slowly, he pulled me back onto the bed. He kissed my hands as we cuddled for a few seconds. I gazed at his face, eyes that had seen way too many things. Those lips, utterly kissable and in a slight pout always, which sang sensitive words of love and loss. The shape of his nose in the light of the TV. He pulled himself closer, an unbreakable stare. He stroked my face with those fingertips, ever so callous, but ever so soft. We passionately kissed, and those fingertips, well, there wasn't a rough touch from that point on. Woo! Ah, that was so steamy. Let's listen to Reka's second piece. 2013 was so exciting. I was living in a new city, going to grad school, a couple of guys in my life simultaneously. I attended one of Joe's concerts. I had already caught his eye by then, but neither one of us made the move until about two years later. Someone else had caught mine, though. And who was this someone? The drummer. For this tour, at least. After the show, I hung out near the bar. Joe's there. Their bassist is there. I actually walked back to the pit and I grabbed a poster from the door. Security didn't care. I was helping them clear space for another concert poster. The drummer walked over to me and we chatted for a bit. He said he would meet me in the bar as soon as he was done loading the gear. The drummer came out a few minutes later and sneezed. I asked for a Kleenex. Due to my sinuses, I am always prepared. But no matter how much he wiped his nose, it, the big wet booger remained. <laughs> I tried not to pay attention to it as he told me of working with Martha Wainwright. And he also mentioned working on the latest Plastic Ono Band CD. I was impressed. Yeah. I'm usually not impressed by a guy, 
but it really, really wasn't him. It was Yoko. He's trying uh, to act cool, though, and calm. Oh, what was it like? Wonderful. Sean and Yoko are so nice. They knew what they were doing, especially Yoko. She had clear vision, so it was a lot of fun. At one point, he finally did a certain wipe, and that booger was no more. Later, he pulled the oldest trick, and I happily fell for it. He rubbed his neck and said, it's kind of sore. I offered one of my signature neck rubs, and he accepted. The basis looked over at us, and the look on his face of, again? <laughs> he was enjoying it and asked if I gave my boyfriend neck rubs often. I told him I was single, and he couldn't believe it. And by now, we were cuddling. I saw the clock. My car would be towed, if not removed from the parking deck, by 11.30 p.m. He begged me to stay or to come back after I moved it. But the venue already said that, no, they were not going to allow anyone to come back after they left, even if it was to move their car. Would you wait? I knew the answer, so I don't know why I asked. But it was a tug of war of sorts. Risk the car being towed or hightail it. Four minutes to go. Finally, this tug of war was getting old. So I kissed him. And he was shocked. Three minutes to go. I told him I must go. But it was fun and gunned it down Lincoln Avenue. I giggled the whole way there. Remembering the look on his face and the one after the kiss um, that pretty much said, thanks, but nah, I'm not. <laughs> I made it to the parking deck, 11.30 p.m. My car was still there as another car was slowly driving by, surveying to see if there were any other straggling cars. And it passed mine up. Got in, started it up, drove home. The drummer never waited for me. And when he did come back with Joe later that year, his girlfriend was there. She resembled Snooky if Snooky was shorter and had worse fashion sense. He really didn't want to wait for me that night, but she was okay. His booger lasted longer than the time they stayed after the gig that night. Oh, well. At least I wasn't going to get a ticket as I left early. There wasn't anything left to stay for. But had Joe started to look for me? To be continued. Oh, I love a cliffhanger. I guess we'll just have to have more of these episodes. Thank you, Reka. And last up is once again our friend Trelawney, who had two amazing stories that we needed to put in both episodes. That's right. Trell is back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her hair. I couldn't resist. <laughs> Let's hear it. We're going to go back. Year 2000. And I don't know if you guys know. I'm going to say the band is enough time has passed. So I can say the band. Uh, and please nobody shame me for the band. I know no qualifying. But... Um, <laughs> Do you remember that song that came out, Drops of Jupiter, it was called? Train? By Train. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I had heard that song 
and I thought it was fun and I'd seen the video and I thought it was fun and I was living with one of my very best friends she's still one of my very best friends her name is Brooke uh and Brooke lost her mother at a relatively young age and every Mother's Day was really really hard for her and she is another live music buddy I met her through live music actually I met her I met her at a party for with I Mother Earth that's a whole other story but anyhow we met at a party uh, we were both groupies and we instantly connected. And so to help Brooke, uh, I know I was like, what can I do to take her mind off Mother's Day? So I found concert tickets and I went, oh, Train is playing on Mother's Day. Cool. And they're playing at uh, the Opera House. That's the one in the East, right? Yeah. The Opera House. It's still there, I hope. It's still there. Um, so they're playing there. It's a small venue, relatively. Yeah. Uh, and... I thought, okay, well, the tickets were like 12 bucks. They were super cheap. And so I was like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to not think about mothers and we're going to go and have a really good time. And that's that. So I was like, we're going to do a concert. Let's go. Let's drink our Merlot. Let's get ready. Let's get our hair. Let's get our outfits. I was wearing gold pants. because, And I have to tell you, my ass looked phenomenal in those gold pants really phenomenal it's a shame I still don't, I don't have them anymore they wouldn't fit anymore but well, if you have a picture asked, of like, that send that as well gotta find the gold pants uh and I had like I don't know some kind of t- skin tight black shirt and I my hair was longer and really wild and curly and I had a tease and Brooke at the time she had a, a bull nose ring and she had her hair short like mine but spiky all over the place and like a like we were, I got to find a photo of us from this, this era because we were amazing. You were an and early 2000s dream. Really, we really were. And so we're like, let's go. Let's go out and have some fun. Get into some mischief. So we drank our customary bottle of Merlot, which is what we did at the time. And uh, between the two of us. And off we go to the show. Balcony? No, we're going to go on the floor. We're going to see if we can get close. So we get close and we get close enough to know we're being noticed. And I won't get into the details of Brooke's story because this is my story. Uh, but let's just say that the bass player, his name was Charlie. And Charlie and I made some eye contact. I was probably the third or fourth row at this point, And, uh, there's a term, I don't know if we can, we can say it on the podcast, eye fuck. Do you know this oh, yeah. term? To be eye fucking? We were doing some serious eye fucking. Uh-huh. And, and I remember Brooke was like, you're eye fucking him. I said, oh yeah, I am. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I am. And uh, I eye fucked him right into him <laughs> dropping a chord. and making a huge mistake just to the point where the singer turned and like glared at him (laughs) and the other guitar player was like what and he's like and I remember he turned to not look at me and I was like that was me and and I fucking and they're just like they're getting annoyed and so I remember smiling and kind of teasing him for the rest of the show and so the show the show ends and Brooke was like that was a good one that was so I was like I was like did you have fun she's like yeah that was good and she's like she's like I haven't had enough fun yet I said okay what do you want to do she's like let's go 
let's go find the, let's go outside. Let's go find the bus. I said, all right. So we did. And, but, but I should say before we found the bus, Charlie found me. Oh, All yeah. of a sudden, Brooke's like, Trelly, 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 turn around. And I turn. And I should mention at this point, I'm wearing now, you cannot see my fine ass, but you could see the gold pants. And I was wearing a green vintage three-quarter length leather jacket. Ooh. 70s. I was right out of the 70s. And so, like you said, Shanti, 2000, early 2000s, there we go. And um, I turn around and I see this man bounding towards me like running and I frozen like what what and it's Charlie this bass player who I didn't know was called Charlie just I didn't I'd never seen him before I hadn't even noticed him in the video never seen him before (laughs) and he's bounding at me and he arrives and he wraps his arms around me and he picks me up and swings me around and I was like oh and he's like hi I'm like hi (laughs) he says he's like there you are and I was like here I am (laughs) he's like he's like I made a mistake because of you (laughs) yeah we noticed yeah yeah I said was it really my fault though and he's like I think so and I was like what are you gonna do about that he's like I don't know but I have some chocolate on my bus it's from Belgium (laughs) like all right I said, I said, on one condition. He's like, what? I said, you let me walk there on my own? Said, oh, right. So, because he's much taller than I, and he just didn't put me down. He's like, okay. And I looked at Brooke, and she's like, go, go, go. So I went, and he took me to this fabulous living room area on the back of the bus. There's no chocolate present. And I was like, where is this chocolate? And so finally, I get some chocolate. <laughs> and uh, I meet a drummer who came in just at the moment that Charlie left at, left the room to go get said chocolate. And he was like, hi, my name is Scott. I'm like, um, turns out, I'll tell you what it turns out later. Anyhow, Charlie comes back. The bus starts moving. And I was oh. like, oh, God, my friend Brooke. Where is she? And these are like, she had a razor and I don't even know if I had a flip phone. Like it was, yeah. Do you remember the razor? This is the, yeah. For, for any (sighs) Gen Z listeners, a razor (laughs) is a brand of telephone or a style of telephone. R-A-Z-R razor. (laughs) So, uh, anyhow, I was like, oh, I have to go see if I can find my friend. I don't want to just leave. And I open the door of like this living room area to see the rest of the bus and there's my friend Brooke I was like oh and she's like don't worry I'm here too I'm like cool you know where we're going and she's like no but we're going we're going west and that's in the direction that we live so we'll just go west I'm like cool so we continued to have our chocolates and whatnot and had a lovely evening it ended up uh the bus didn't go that far west it ended up uh oh god I don't remember the name of the hotel all the bands used to stay there. Oh, I was thinking of, it was at University Avenue and something maybe. It was near, it was near, um, near the AGO. It was a hotel near the AGO. Well, that's okay if we don't remember the name of the hotel, but it ended up there. And let me just say that I spent a lovely weekend. Um, nice. I had room service for the first time. I jumped on the bed. I ate ice cream in bed. Uh, played hide and seek. Ah. <laughs> Just a 
full groupie adventure. Like, oh, for sure. I And let's just say that there were other adventures in many different cities after that. I'm still in touch with Charlie because he and I were friends. We actually, we had a lovely weekend, but we were friends. And um, we remained not always in touch all the time, but over the years we've remained in touch. And it's it's really nice to know that it, the connections that we make through music as random as they can start with with making somebody drop a note and then having them accost you and take you to a bus and give you chocolate after demanding the chocolate that was asked for anyhow you can have these connections so it's it's nice he likes my instagram photos from time to time and so i know that he's he's out there keeping an eye on me as well because we really became we had became became pals it was not just that stereotypical cheap version of groupie i hate that people think groupies are just like free cheap meaningless sex it isn't always sex it's never cheap and meaningless if somebody loves music that much there's a reason why they want to meet the band and it's i mean i'm sure in small cases but in every aspect of life there are people that are that narcissistic that they need it to be about themselves but it's I just really enjoyed being able to spend time with the people who created this music and let them know how much I appreciate that they've created this music and if that gets me you know a free meal and then some hey (laughs) what girl's gonna say no to a bubble bath with champagne not this one (laughs) So thank you everyone for listening. We have a few more episodes coming up this month and then we're going to be taking a break for the month of August to plan ahead and enjoy the rest of the summer. So if you haven't already, catch up on some old episodes and head over to our TikTok for tons more music-related content. See you soon. See you in September. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new or perhaps something very... Very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Redolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.